Good evening. You're flying with Pod Squadron podcast. All wings report in. Pod Squad. Pod Pirate standing by. Pod Tracer standing by. Pod Meh. <laughs> standing by. All ships to attack formation. Mission objectives to talk about the full scope of the Star Wars experience from the movies, TV shows, animation, games, comics, books, themed experiences, merchandise, and your art and inspiration from the galaxy far, far away. Today's flight plan includes Star Wars: The High Republic, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, and our discussion topic for the for today is from princess to general and Jedi, female representation in the Star Wars universe. And uh, for all of you out there, uh, all con channels are open. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Find us on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Hit the bell icon so you can know when we have new content. But first, I'll be your squad leader for today. I'm Andy Lowe, a.k.a. the Chinese pirate, director, storyteller, puppeteer, performer, and fight choreographer. On my wing is Tracy. Uh, who is a writer, blogger, and occasional cause? Semi-occasional quasi-cosplayer-ish. That's a tongue twister. I know. Uh, and uh, apparently I am the one and only hot nerd girl, Tracy Deering. <laughs> <laughs> and on my other wing, Lexi. Uh, all right. I am a uh, former art department gremlin, death doula <laughs> in training, and uh, fandom connoisseur. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we are just one squad in the fleet. We're part of the Geekish Network. That's on twitch.tv backslash Geekish Network. And don't and don't forget auxili our auxiliary support ships from Digital Click Marketing as we build and expand our alliance. As foils to attack position, we're going in. <gasps> okay, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like I'm lacking music. I, I kind of need like John Williams music because otherwise I kind of just kind of feel like a schmuck. Was that, my, was that my Bohemian blood just then who just started singing for you then? Yeah, yeah I'll take it. Let's try that next time. <laughs> I just know things. I uh, welcome I everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're gonna get into the episode today uh welcome back everyone um and uh so before we get too deep into stuff um what's uh new ex and exciting for each of you guys how about you lexi uh i have been cleaning I, it took me so long you guys know like, i was cleaning paint out of my hair tonight <laughs> uh my old scenic painter skills were kind of called back into use and i've been uh, had, had a little gig, which is nice. Uh, yeah. And uh, have been reading into so much with the, with this, with the book club because of my end of life doula certification that I'm doing. And it's just crazy. I'm like, Ooh, I'm connecting all these dots. I'm making all these parallels that nobody even asked for. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so I think that's so cool Excellent. that you're doing that, by the way. I think that's such a important yeah. like, people don't realize I, I I've had a loved one who's gone through hospice and having somebody there who knows what's happening and can guide the family through it is such a it's it's really critical. And I think it takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. And I really admire that you're doing that. You know, I 
Yeah, uh, I, I will. I will echo that too. Um, my family also benefited deeply from the work of San Diego Hospice um, when uh, when I lost my dad a number of years ago, and uh, it was a wonderful facility. It was a wonderful, um, you know, just uh, uh, comfort um, knowing that he was being comforted. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it's absolutely important work. Yeah, it, it our our society does not teach us how to handle transitions very well. It doesn't teach us how to handle letting go very well, which interestingly enough uh, is something that Star Wars really talks about, uh, which I think is one of the reasons <laughs> why it resonates with so many people. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a yeah. good transition uh, for we all want to be a force way. ghost, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but we must uh, let go yeah, of I, our attachments. We um, yeah, I I I got I got in. I thought I was going to be starting down the road of this profession ten years down the line. Truthfully, like I've been interested in it for five years, but before the pandemic, I was really starting to work more in live events and event production and art department for live events and interactive art installments. Uh, and I was really loving that. And I was starting to book more work more frequently. It was starting to become a regular thing. You know, work was begetting work. It was great. And with the pandemic, everything kind of ground to a halt. And it's not that I've really ab abandoned my love of like the arts or, you know, creative work. I mean, obviously I'm here. This is, this is like such a psychological <laughs> lifeline for me. I say, as I got my same thing, heart, head, heart, whatever. Um, but I wanted a career to go into, not just like a, a moneymaker job to pay the bills during the pandemic. I wanted a, a career to angle for that wasn't dependent on whether or not we could put butts in seats safely. Yeah. You know, and then I thought, well, there's this career you were, you've been interested in and, and you've been going, well, it's not the time. It's not the time. I'm like, <laughs> the end of life industry is not going anywhere ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is. It well, is, and I'm uh, sure that one of those all the, that is. Yeah. And all the losses during COVID, I'm sure put that right smack in your face. Yeah, it just yeah. So it and then I realized oh like you know now is now is the time. So it's it's been great to kind of apply that to, uh, especially with this book. Like within the first chapter, now I am going to say it's like not even gentle. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna haul this freighter over. Uh, <laughs> within like the first chapter, we have like catastrophic events and death. Uh, so it was very interesting to come at it from that that process. I'm nowhere near through with like my books. Like I have, I've got this stack here and then I have about 20 hours of curriculum to get through online <laughs> uh, before I can, before I can even like take the certification test. Uh, and that's one of two potential certifications I can get, which I do eventually want to get the international one. I'm just going with the national one for now. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm very excited to like bring that whole side of like life, life purpose and uh, what we can pass on to the next generation and like the art of letting go. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, That's how about you, Tracy? Shall we, <laughs> shall we move? <laughs> what's uh what's what's uh on your mind in that? well no no no, no don't that's not 
just pushing us forward as you do <laughs> um i i am um, in a way dealing with the opposite i'm dealing with new life because uh it's been total overhaul the garden time <laughs> uh which i don't know if i've talked have i talked really about that on this show that i i'm like Growing food. We've heard about and the chickens. Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, I went way down that rabbit hole when COVID started. <laughs> I want to know about the food. Tell me about the food. Yeah. yeah. So I got, I was, and, and this is where I know that I'm getting old too, is because I got so excited about seed potatoes arriving in the mail, like way more than I <laughs> have gotten about excited about other things okay. recently. So, yeah, so today the seed potatoes went in and I I got uh I'm hoping to get like at least eight to ten potatoes out of each one of those seed potatoes. And the potatoes. Uh I went with Yukon Gold for these. I most yeah. of the food that I'm growing is uh is for Mama Jedi, because I'm very overprotective <laughs> of of Mama Jedi and I gotta make sure that she always has something to eat. I got it's like, you know, I have constant dreams about the zombie apocalypse and how I'm gonna keep Mama Jedi alive during the zombie <laughs> apocalypse. So, you know, this was like a good practice run of that. And uh, but no, um yeah, I I've started all these I've I've got oh gosh, like uh forty-eight seedlings going. And what? some of them were seeds I propagated myself and, and yeah, so those are all under the grow lights and, uh, and I've been planting and I, I hauled like 20 bags of dirt the other day or yesterday, my, or in this morning, my back is killing me. So, you know, it's, it's almost as if you're, you're, you're terraforming, um, in the outer rim of San Diego <laughs> out there in Encinitas. <laughs> I am. I'm I'm a groundhog baby, so I call it the little <laughs> groundhog garden and henposium. That's my name for henposium. My my henposium, and I'm very fortunate that I have a backyard that is very oddly shaped, but it's large, so I can kind of have different sections of my of my backyard. And yeah, it's like it's been it's been. I didn't realize how relaxing I would find it. And so I've been listening to the audiobook while I was hauling dirt and Oh, so you're also doing the audiobook. I did. And the reason why I did the audiobook was because um I forgot about reading the book until I guess hosted King <laughs> Geekery on Monday. And then um I could not for the my my kid I have a first generation Kindle. It's one of those old, old ones. It's got like marks in it and everything and but it's one of those things that i can never find i lose it <laughs> i'll have it for a week and i'll lose it for five months and for the life of me i could not find it and rod the voice of rodney um was like oh we can send you one and i was like that's not gonna be enough time and then i was like oh i better get the audiobook <laughs> but then it was like really expensive so i was like i'll sign up for the free trial and so i signed up for the free trial of audible <laughs> And then I tried to listen to it while I was working, like work, work, working, and I was not getting it. And I, I, there was just too much going on. And so I listened to it again today while I was doing all that. And thank God I did, because there was a lot that I missed. Well, that's exciting because that means when we get to the book, we can not only talk about the book, but we can also talk about the performer who's reading it. 
uh, because I think he's fantastic, but, but we'll get into that later. Um, okay, take point on that because I didn't listen to it. I just read it. That's okay, but I at least I have one person that I can... <laughs> that one I can of the characters of sounds like Steven Seagal. <laughs> um, we'll get more into that later. <laughs> uh, before that, um, I do, do want to address one thing from last week. So last week we had uh, our little kind of discussion topic about um, the, uh, diversity and representation, or as I like to say, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion in Star Wars or the Jedi way. Uh, but uh, we left you with the one thought of if George Lucas had gotten his way and had permission to, to cast uh, Toshiro Mufune mm -hmm. as uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who would you cast as young Obi-Wan in 1997? And we did get a couple of responses. Besides you, online. Andy? Huh? Besides you? Well, I'm just saying I was maybe 21, 22 at the time. I mean, I, I could have. I mean, maybe. No, hey. Your martial arts pictures and modeling right? pictures from that time, Andy, were... <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you know, it could have been me and Darth Maul. Hey, man. Uh, but I also do want to call out uh, Jason Gallett, who said, hands down, Hiro Hiroyuki San Sanada. Uh, he's a bit older than Ewan McGregor, but he would have killed his Obi-Wan Kenobi. And if you don't know who he is, he was in films like The, the Wolverine and uh, 47, uh, 47 Ronin. Uh, he is also going to be in the upcoming Mortal Kombat oh. film <gasps> as the Scorpion. Uh, so oh, yeah, okay. Uh, another person, uh, Edward Hong, said, uh, Asian years are flexible. So with that said, keeping uh, keeping that in mind, that uh, their age would have, keeping in mind what their age would have been in 1997, it would have easily, uh, it could have easily been Tadanobu Asano. Uh, he would have been 24 at the time. Uh, he's another Japanese actor. He's known for films like uh, Electric Dragon. Um, uh, let's see here. What else? Uh he was Nagata in Battleship, Lord Kira, y <gasps> Yoshinaka in 47 Ronin, um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, let's see here. What else he has been? He was in Mar Martin Scorsese's Silence. Um, yeah, so these are all great choices. So thank what you to silence? those of you who, who uh, commented on that. What was uh, Silence? I don't remember the movie Silence. I don't know, actually, but... <laughs> Martin so. Scorsese's that's I mean <laughs> that's he doesn't a, mess around so <laughs> he also portrayed <laughs> oh we got voice of Rod uh it, it's if I if I'm remembering correctly it's a Scorsese film with uh with um uh, the actor that Andy just mentioned no yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh what's the name um Oh my God! I'll th I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I'll come okay. back. I'll come back. He'll come back. He'll come back. Uh, he was also Rear Admiral Taimon Yamaguchi in Midway, film from 19 2019. So that was fairly recent. I another movie I did not see, but uh, but I, I did see Battleship, so I know which one. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but with that, shall we get into our main topic of the day, which is our book club for the High Republic? Uh, this is The Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, and I will start with the uh, epilogue, Star Wars, The High Republic. 
The galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious Republic and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. As a symbol of all that is good, the Republic is about to launch Starlight Beacon into the far regions of the Outer Rim. This new space station will serve as a ray of hope for all to see. But just as magnificent as a magnificent renaissance spreads throughout the Republic, so does a frightening new adversary. Now the guardians of peace and justice must face a threat to themselves, the galaxy, and the Force itself. Da 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 da. <laughs> I love a crossover. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All take right. it away, so, Lexi. Um. So I haven't. I haven't read uh, any Charles Souls before or, or any of his uh, graphic novels or comics. Uh, so this was like quite the introduction. This was also somehow my first Star Wars novel. Um, so really Your funny. first Star Wars novel? Yeah. I, I, despite being a kid who like lived at the library, I had not picked up a Star Wars novel before. Oh, no way. I, I thought you had read uh, read a bunch of the original EU stuff. Nope. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is like a, a, a specific kind of treat for me. Excellent. Really, really interesting. Um, um, I will say I, I also have not read much of Charles Soule, but I do know that he is his work on the Darth Vader um uh, comic book series has been very beloved. Uh, he's also the, the author who kind of came up with like the new state of how um, um, uh, dark side kyber crystals work. The whole idea of mm. bleeding a kyber crystal crystal to make it red. Did the um, whole blue butterfly thing come from him? I, be uh, I believe so. Him and the artist who uh, who was um, yeah, that's yeah. like the the Darth Vader like um like floating and it's he's almost looks like he's um like lava rock with lava cracking through and you see the blue butterflies if yeah. you are familiar with that with that image yeah he's got he's got a knack for creating um stage pictures for lack of a better word like in your head <laughs> you know? uh i i appreciated that a lot yeah. um so I, what I thought was most interesting about, about this particular book, at least for me, was like the wider implications that it has on the galaxy at like, as we know it, as we were first introduced to it. Uh, so it's kind of fun uh, for me trying to predict what patterns will lead where, uh, see what they're able to um, Like, I mean, I guess, I guess this whole night, like I'm pausing as I now realize <laughs> that, that, that writing an entire High Republic uh, uh, arc is like essentially like officially retconning everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting that this is not an era that's really been touched on, right? It's only yeah. 300 years before um, Battle of Yavin, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, ish, somewhere around that. Um, and uh uh, it is very interesting to kind of go into this most fruitful and most uh, idealized time. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm really fascinated by kind of how this the, the, this book kind of starts, right? I yeah. mean, it starts with a bang and the stakes are ridiculously high at the top of this book. I don't, and, it's, and it's wonderful, I think, that the pacing never really lets up and yet you no. don't get worn out. Yeah, that, that's something that I'll like. I'll definitely 
say is they managed like he managed to keep the pacing up without without burning me out uh which is a, a big accomplishment um, do you think part of that is that they're coming at the same story just from different aspects of it i i don't I don't know necessarily because, I mean, reading, reading, and without trying to give too much away, I'm trying to figure out how to say without giving too much away. But going into the the other parts of the High Republic series, uh, even though they're shorter, I felt like I wasn't as captivated. Like I did, like I, I appreciated. I've appreciated all the other higher public material that I've consumed and none of it has been subpar in the slightest. Mm. Uh, but every so often I get a book where like, I lose track of time when I read, <laughs> like go into my own little like hyperspace wormhole for lack of a better. Uh, no, not lack of a better. That's the perfect. Uh, Actually, I should probably just say, uh, just in case, if, if any of you are spoiler wary, we are talking about chapters one through 18 okay. of uh, The Light of the Jedi. So the, we will be talking through this. So either this is your opportunity to get the synopsis and decide whether or not you want to dig deeper and hear all the nuance of the writing, which is really wonderful. Um, or, or, or if you want to skip this, uh, this, this section until, uh, you've had a chance to take the stab at it yourself. But, um, there's so much that this book offers, um, in the details that even if you get the synopsis from us, um, I think this, it has a lot to offer. And even if you're not, even if you're not into the, the kind of like lore and Louis space hippie shit like I am <laughs> if you think like, like my best friend my best friend since high school his big thing is like all of the different ship designs and like ship models like that's what he knows really well like he can tell me which ships were in which dog fights and like I, I, and I'm like that's awesome I don't remember any like you'll have to point that out to me so if you like the Jedi, this is like the high point of yeah. the Jedi. If, if you like, yeah, if, if, you, if you like, uh, you know, different Jedi, like lightsabers and different kind of like force connections and all that, that's, this is, this is a great novel for that. This is a great novel for like, yeah, if you like different uh, ships and tech and you like the, the descriptions of that, uh, those are fantastic. Um we well, have let's, two, let's, let's we have two about... comments real quick oh, from okay. the chat. Okay, so Ring Capacity says that the there's short chapters jumping from scene to scene makes it almost uh, like the pacing of an action film. Yeah. I would agree Agreed. with that. I could see it being Absolutely. an action film on screen. And then I, yeah, or turn it into a, a like a couple season long uh arc. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, almost like yeah. Uh, almost like the expanse type vibe. Yeah, the, the like pacing would break ships. down very well for something for, for screen. Anyway. Yeah. And then Scuba Steve, 1968, is saying, I don't read books well. Can I get the same out of an audio book? And I will say <laughs> that this audio, we'll probably get into that a little bit later, but, but this audio book is different than most, but I think more, I don't read a ton of audio books because um, I'm a very visual person usually, but from the ones that I've listened to on road trips, I will say that this one, the the guy who does the voices of it takes a lot of care to give every character their own unique 
voice. Like I mentioned earlier, one of the characters sounds like Steven Seagal. This and, is audible. And you can, um, are you playing the audiobook? Sorry, no, that was, uh, I was trying to, trying to get the name of the, uh, the reader. Oh, oh, and like, like even like, like a, a couple of the characters that are only in there for a brief scene, they're almost like Valley Girl <laughs> or something, <laughs> you know? like just to make them, just to distinguish them from any other character. Um, and it's like they're kind of a, you know, in a way that they're throwaway characters, so you don't need like a super Star Warsy voice for them. But he's pretty good. He they, and there's background noises, like you can hear lightsabers and and. Um, and blasters and things like that. So they really try to make it feel like a, like a Star Wars movie, um, as if maybe you were like a blind person, you know, and you can <laughs> yeah, only I'll, hear it. I'll, I'll say that uh, I've done a number of the, uh, the the Star Wars audiobooks, and they really go out of their way. They basically just uh, go to Skywalker Sound and say, "Hey, master this." And uh, so you have John Williams audio clips as well as music clips from various other uh, uh, Star Wars properties from Rebels. I mean, they have the whole library available to them. They also have all of uh, the sound effects, all the droid effects, all the blaster, the lightsaber stuff. <laughs> so it creates a very audio soundscaped um, um, cinematic experience, quite honestly. And uh -huh. yeah, uh, the, uh, the performer's name is Mark Thompson who is fantastic um, uh, as a performer. Um, he has such uh, ability of transformation, and I'm sure there's a little bit of ed editing effects so that he can layer himself a little bit as he's essentially talking to himself and you know taking on different narrators and different um, 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 character voices. But um, from male to female to alien, what he does with, uh, with, with uh, the, the Wookiee uh, uh, yeah. Jedi is fantastic. Even um, when it, they're like, stretching yeah. he's like oh i can do that yeah. <laughs> but um yeah not to get too too derailed um into talking about the audiobook yes absolutely i highly recommend i've i've enjoyed a lot of that um i, I i'd love to talk a little bit about just kind of the beginning of this book uh, just because i mean it kind of took me by surprise the Ooh. first two chapters where we like over and over again are just introduced to characters that are just you know in a short time oh, yeah well you, in a short time you develop a relationship you develop a life for them you have hope for them and then they are just like put in the, extreme peril or killed immediately the moment the moment that they killed off the captain i went oh my god i'm not getting attached to anybody yeah i'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not gonna do it i'm not I, I like pulled a game of thrones where i was like i'm not gonna care about anybody and then like and then like a couple chapters in, just like a couple episodes in a game of thrones they pull out the dragon eggs and in this case the the dragon eggs was uh Buryaga, the wookiee yeah. jedi i went Oh damn it, y'all made me get emotionally attacked. <laughs> and then I went, if they kill my favorite, I stop watching, aka or I stop reading. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how we would have done this book club if they'd have killed Burry, but uh yeah. they didn't. Unlike with uh, I, I was I, I said once one of the dragons gets killed, I'm out. And nobody be riot. But they do kill a bunch of kids, though, right? I mean, this the whole that whole intro of the book Dude, is essentially the, the 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 legacy run, which is a big cargo ship that has passengers right. on it. <laughs> Unless Basically, they made it back to their families, 
if they were still in the common area, then yes, they died. Yeah. But if they yeah. went back to their bedroom areas, yes. Uh, but yeah, this this ship basically just is it, it crashes into another ship in the middle of, of hyperspace. So you Ooh, have but it doesn't, all of that's, this. That's what's even more heartbreaking, though. But that's what's even more heartbreaking is that technically it doesn't even crash. Yeah, she manages to avoid it, but the ship is such a large and old ship that she basically tries to get it to do a sports car maneuver, and, and it rips itself. It's a She's apart. a fighter pilot trying yeah. to maneuver a cruise ship. But, yeah. Like yeah, like have we we've all seen those like Russian traffic videos where like the freight truck tries to like avoid the little car that's not paying attention and it falls over and skids off the road and like the cargo falls apart and it's like that's what happened to the right. legacy run and the car stops uh, but then keeps going. <laughs> then the well, yeah, not my problem. <laughs> I'm, well, yeah, or maybe it's like a, it's a tanker ship, right? A tanker ship with a bunch of storage containers with people in them. And now all those storage containers are hurtling towards a planet to a whole populated system. Which and she's like, throw off the containers. They'll be fine. <laughs> and they're exiting hyperspace with no capability of steering. So, yeah. But um, also what, what I found really interesting is that hyperspace seems relatively new at this yes. point. Yeah. Which reminded me of Star Trek Enterprise where transporters were new, right? And like all the different implications of that and how people don't trust it really quite yet. And Yeah. That, that, that's uh, also a really cool thing in just terms of world building. Just right from the get-go, they're talking about all the people who are on, on the Legacy Run and this idea of the Outer Rim planets as totally untouched worlds, right? Um, um, um probably to create all the settlements on, on planets that we've seen, you know, in other Star Wars properties, but yeah. Tatooine, Tatooine. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 so this book was also like my introduction to Kindle, uh, which oh. I loved for like the notes. And I don't know if anybody else had um, like favorite quotes. Wait, so uh, what are, what are, what are notes? Cause I am not on Kindle, so. Oh, I just so so it lets you highlight things, which is fantastic. And if a lot of other people have highlighted it, then it also tells you that like it'll kind of show up and it'll. Show oh, you cool! So if like oh, see, you have a fancy new Kindle. Mine's the first generation. Well, I don't. It's my phone. It's just. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just like the updated version of the of the app or whatever. And I can do different highlights and I have like highlights in different colors. Uh, I, although it's not so good at syncing because it's missing. It's like, <laughs> are, there, are there any specific quotes that uh, that you want to share that that like jump out to you? You know, I was looking for it and like. <laughs> okay, Alfred Lord Tennis, anyone who we know who that is. Hmm, who could that be? <laughs> he's trying to stir the pot. He's saying, but in all caps, so he's shouting this at us. He's saying, but is there a Star War in the book? I need groups of stars fighting each other. Well, they're not in chapters one through 18, but they do lay some groundwork for stuff that will happen. Um, um, and it's the, it's the, in not right after chapter 18, there is a, a little bit of a, what, what is, it's not a chapter. It's like a mini chapter, um, uh, which kind of sets up uh, the villains of the story that will play in for the rest of the novel called the Night Hill. And as Rin Capacity said, we don't know what it almost crashed into. Although, 
uh, there are breadcrumbs. Yeah. There are absolutely breadcrumbs uh, about what it is that that they uh, encountered or ran into. Um, and then you kind of you kind of have the breadcrumbs leading to what happens in chapter 18. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is, is preventing a star from going to war with something that could create a war. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I will. I will say um, that that we do get a, a star war. We do get a, a <laughs> war. Yes, but that's I, later. Un, that's un later. Star war. Un star war. Como se dice un star war? Uh, <laughs> we get one. We get one. Uh, but it, it's after chapter eighteen. I just like I I powered on ahead because that's. I mean, this is a thing that actually is really kind of interesting too. About once, once they establish this tragedy and the the impending doom, right? Like every chapter begins with um, how many hours till till um, till uh, impact, right? That was anxiety inducing. Oh my god, (laughs) it it is, uh, uh, yeah. And 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 so you 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 do have this dread, like they go to the. the, the ruler of the planet who's minister Zephyrin Eka, right? And he's basically just like, um, there's nothing we can do. This is beyond, we don't have enough ships for all the people that are here. Um, we're, we're, we're doomed. And it's literally what? It's, it's like the countdown starts at like two hours. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you brought up the minister because that kind of brings up the other topic of the fact that there are so many characters oh my god like, like we are we're really we're, we're introducing the galaxy at a whole new point in time mm-hmm. like an entirely new point in time i think our only constant is like yoda yeah i think yoda's like the only uh there's the one jedi chris well, well you know, never, but, but, this but, is our but, first introduction right yeah but i mean oh like, oh oh i thought you meant world, through the book the, Oh, I just mean in terms of like the verse that we already know. I think the only constant between the across you know, the, Star the Wars. original trilogy, the prequels, the sequels, and then this, I think Yoda's the only yeah. constant yeah. so far. I mean, uh, we also get some really cool teases in terms of how different the Jedi are now when like there there are little teases that um that there is there is more than one grandmaster, uh, right? There's another grandmaster other than than Master Yoda, and yep. um, we get little teases about how the relationship to the Force with all of these Jedi, these new Jedi we meet is so different, right? Um, Avar Chris, um, for one, is 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 who's the leader of the op- of the rescue operation, is so fascinating to me, and I love how they introduced her as this. Um, as kind of this conductor with her relationship to the force being very musical so that as she does some, um, they, they reintroduce this kind of idea of, of force battle med- meditation, but for her, it's seeing the force as a symphony of music and she can kind of pinpoint individual um, melodies or counter melodies or harmonies in every I Jedi and every like life form. In, She's in basically the, the professor X of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I and I love I love that as like a, a person who's like synesthetic, uh, you know, with her her way of connecting to the force via via music, and uh, a lot of synesthetes like experience music in a different dimensional way, and 
that yeah that that I I know I've said and I know I've said it before we kind of started off with a little with a little like fan casting but I just keep seeing the cover of the book and I just keep going, that's Brie Larson. <laughs> but I do think she would actually play a, a very good Ava uh, Chris. I think she would. Um, yeah. I'd rather would. have her um, gift than the one that just sweats oil. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who was that? That was, um, was that the Ithorian or... Um... I don't remember. Ring Capacity okay, said there's... that they have a problem uh, remembering the character names, and I totally feel that because it was yes, like, okay, there's like the Twillick lover. Andy, <laughs> Andy wrote a nice, a nice. Okay, so we have Avar Chris, who's our our like resident master, and who's like uh, the leader of the operation. Who we yeah, have? She's the. She's kind of. Well, we haven't, and we haven't met yet, right? At this point, uh, it's just uh, it, Azar is just referred to at this point. Yeah, she's just referred. She's ref Avar Chris has referred to Elzar Man a handful of times, and I don't believe we have met him yet. Yeah. Uh, on the Hetzal Prime surface, we've got Loden Greatstorm and Belzetar. So these I are our two newest uh, main Jedi. Like that, this this whole novel kind of tracks. So and, and, uh, can I talk about them uh, really quick? Uh, uh, I, I really love their dynamic. Um, I, so I love Great, so Storm? Loden, Great, Great Storm is yeah. the Jedi Knight who he's a Toilet and he is kind of this. Um, he's basically a full on badass. Uh, uh, but with uh, a sense but, of humor. But with a sense of humor. And yeah. and it basically his idea for his Padawan, who is Bel Zedifar, uh, is that every moment is a learning moment. And I'm not going to do anything because it's an opportunity for you to learn. So Bell is basically just being set up to be a freaking badass because he's had the most challenging but most trusting um, 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 uh, a Jedi Knight master ever. To the point that he's like, okay, you're just going to jump out of the ship and land on the planet. <laughs> Push him out. And then yeah. he's like, next time I'll throw you off the one of the tallest skyscrapers of Coruscant. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, essentially like, you know, essentially shoves him out. If I didn't believe in you, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Oh, wait, I'm like a flower. <laughs> 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 okay, and so then we have the pilots, right? And so we've all talked about Buryaga, but um, so Bur so we have Buryaga, who is who is our our our, our uh, Wookiee uh, Padawan, um, who is just a great character. Um, um, I, I love how sensitive he is. Very His good. master is uh, Nib Nib Asek. I can't remember. I what. think she's the one that sweats oil. Okay. That's Wait, the is, one. She, is she? Is she? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I think you're right. Yeah. But she's not the one that sounds like she's mildly annoyed all the time, right? That's the other one. That's, that's Tayami, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're talking okay, about the okay. audio book now. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So oh, we yeah. have. This... Not everybody oh, listened no, to the audio book. No, 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 that was Tayami. Tayami did sweat oil, and then. Oh, well, Tayami sweats oil. Okay. Tayami sweats oil. It's Tayami. Oh, so. And confusing. then, and then we have Mikkel uh, Sudmani, who is the Ithorian. And also, I just love Ithorians. I think they're just cool. They're just uh, what do the Ithorians look like? Ithorians are the the hammerhead guy from the <gasps> from the Tatooine, right? And they, you know, or, or if you're a Galaxy's Edge, uh, a Disneyland goer, um, um, Doc With Ondar, uh, Doc Ondor, who has the hammerhead head, who yeah, 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 shop in uh, in Batu, uh, he is also an Ithorian. 
that was something I really appreciated about this beyond having, you know, Bury the Wookiee was that there were so many different species. Aliens, right? <laughs> that I just kind of went, okay, I remember that, but like, let me look it up to like get a reference point. And it was almost always something that was in the original trilogies. It was, I, I, I appreciate oh, that. The oh. one captain is some underwater one, but it's not, um, it's not the, two that we're most familiar with it's not it's not a um uh, a and it's not a squid one it's something uh, else. oh the captain um finial bright yeah he was he's uh he's the same race as uh as kit fisto so i automatically love him because i just love uh, kit fisto so much <laughs> and then we also have another fly species guy right oh that sorry so that's the nautilin nautilin and his uh, and his two crewmen his two crewmen who are Inamen and Peebles who is that that same fly headed race that yeah we he's got about like 19 eyes or episode something. one <laughs> yeah uh really quickly uh Rodamaron uh, thank you for the sub and Pon Pon Junior 77 thank you for the That's sub Paul. hi Paul <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, okay. So we have all of these, these, um, these different kind of plot threads, right? So we have the long beam where Avar Chris is kind of the head command, kind of running the battle med meditation for everyone. We have the Hetzel prime surface where we have Loden great storm and Belzedafar who are trying to help, uh, some of the citizens, um, escape by that are being kept out of a ship owned by rich people. <laughs> uh, then we have the pilots who are, are, uh, trying to deal with a piece of debris that's about to hit a moon. But uh, Buryaga is the one who discovers that there are people inside the debris, so they can't just destroy it. Uh, his, oh, gosh. The inspiration comes into play so many times yeah. in, the, in, the, in the rest of the novel as well. Um, um, we should also call out the the, 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 the two longbeam pilots who are just um, mm -hmm. volunteers, right? That's Joss oh. and Pika Arden. They gave... That was the one line that was cheesy. Which one? It was like, it was like, yeah, she's such a great co-pilot and she's beautiful too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it really gave me uh, Firefly vibes. Those oh, three. God. Specifically gave me... Um... Oh, like Wash and Zoe? Yes. Oh, yeah. That makes it better. But I mean, his name is Joss and that just is... I know. I was like, are they friends? We need to have a conversation about Joss at some point. I, I, uh, yeah. Uh, Maybe that's a pancake conversation, that not a pod squad dream conversation. <laughs> it just makes me but sad. But that's just yeah. like, mm, yeah. We still haven't had a Cara Dune conversation either yet, but oh, I'm just yeah. throwing that out there. But today is books. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, book. Oh, book. Oh, I'm sorry. Exactly, ring capacity. He said bad timing on naming a character Joss. Agreed. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, although really, like a couple of years ago, we knew this, so yeah. mm. it was coming. It was it was all coming. Yeah. Okay, I digress. No. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> uh, okay. And so then, and then our other main pro plot thread here, of course, is what we're talking about with um, um, uh, Captain My Captain Bright, which is the Solar Array Twenty Two, which uh, is the Solar Array scanning station that first uh, calls out the 
the uh the the, the anomalies and the the crashing and the burning and the what and uh and and uh, captain bright is uh trying to do a rescue operation um on that um solar array and they kill so many good characters so that. quickly <laughs> I, I say they just as in like like the the star wars verse you know yes. like it's one author but um I, I can't think about it too personally or I'll get mad at him. <laughs> so so I, I, I do want to actually talk about the ships a little bit. The the Jedi racers are so freaking cool. Yes. Yeah. So I, I love this idea of a ship that has no instruments. You can feel every bump and crack because ultimately like all the instrumentation group. is yeah, yeah, it is. That's not with a, with a with like a um atmospheric bubble in it yeah. and a palm. Yeah, that, I mean that that Jedi relationship with their with, with uh, relationship well relationship <laughs> with it, their ship. Is Go it ahead, the Jesse. ship that controls how they can manipulate their lightsaber to not kill, or is because oh, I don't it, that, so what it is is that it's on on a lot of the High Republic, most of the High Republic. Um, vessels whether it's the light jedi speeder or one of the kind of like heavier ships anything anytime you needed to use ordnance if you wanted to use a weapon the activation key was a lightsaber was a lightsaber so you couldn't just yeah. get some asshole in there who's like i want to like hijack the ship even if they hijacked the ship they couldn't use the weapon system so which is very interesting because it still relies on the premise that the jedi is going to make the right judgment call yeah it relies but there, was, but there was something about how on the ship they they talked about how that the, the lightsaber doesn't necessarily need to need to kill and I was wondering if that right. was only on the ships because in normal Star Wars movies, all we see is pretty much one mode. You know, there's yeah, I, I remember the, the it's it's um it's from Bell's point of view. The first time that he pulls out his lightsaber when they have to fight off the Marauders, uh, mm -hmm. it's a cool see uh, it's a cool um, p passage because he does he describes how he sees the lightsaber and how it's um it's only as lethal as it needs to be. The idea being. That it's like you're not gonna get sepsis like a bullet wound, or you're not gonna get you know any you know. It's that you use a lightsaber, you cut off the hand, and they can't attack anymore. If you have to, if it's only gonna lead to death, then you have to kill. And no, no, there was head. something. There was that. It? There was that too. Yes, I remember that segment. But there was also one that was specifically on one of the Jedi ships where they were talking about, it was the same passage where they were talking about um, how you, like if you're on that ship, you have to basically ask the ship permission to use the lightsaber as a weapon. And there was something about how it could stun as opposed to just kill. No, oh. you don't remember this? I, I don't remember I, this. I, I have to reread it. I, this just comes from me reading like okay, wait. Star Wars. Rain Capacity thing. says the lightsaber also gives them the ability to change the strength of the ship's weapons yeah. through That's which uh, maybe think the weapons were powered through the kyber crystals. And he's saying that I'm right. There's something about it. Thank you, Rain Capacity. 
Yeah, uh, memory better than mine. I do remember the. I do think it's cool that like if you have a purple lightsaber, then your blaster bolts will be purple, right? Like that's that's a cool thing. Or even the cockpit lights up according yeah. to, the, to the color of your of your kyber crystal. What was the ship that had like a big head, like a fish and a tail? Was that the Nautilus's ship? It had like a like it was like a big head, and then the the rest of the ship like came into like this kind of wispy tail thing. I think that was the Nautilus ship because he was saying he was underwater and it was like a fish he used to catch when he was a kid. Okay, I'm just talking to myself at this point. Go on. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, this, is, this is me just trying to remember which of the books I've read is applicable. Uh, which is like my own fault. This is, you know, this is what happens when you read both of the higher public releases and Thrawn and Ahsoka and then like also <laughs> two of the public comics. Uh, Nerd. I will say I did I did start the um the, the Claudia Gray book a little bit, but I put it on hold so I could focus my brain on a reread of or a re-listen of this. <laughs> no, that was smart. <laughs> <laughs> That was smart. I'm like, I'm I'm sitting over here going, mm, I can't say that. That's yeah. <laughs> don't cross the streams, Lexi. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> All right. Uh, that said, we should probably move on. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts on the first 18 chapters, part one of uh, Light of the Jedi? Where does 18 leave off? Because I feel like it went past 18. So 18, 18 leaves off with the one of the first major scenes with the Nile. Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, okay. 18 ends with the battle meditation and them pushing the, the gas tank. Yeah. So with all the Jedi, the right? Yeah. All the Jedi are focusing to the point Which, where some of them crash. Right? Yeah, or like, pass um, out, pass out, die, or yeah. whatever. So you, um, you have like the 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 major sacrifice of the Jedi and the conclusion of the action in the Hetzal system. You have right. the conclusion of the main action within the Hetzal system, and then the uh, yes, thank you, ring capacity, and the interlude with the Nile showing up in Abdalis in the Abdalis system. Yeah, so it it kind of segs into the wider implications for the other parts of the galaxy. And the, the Nihil will become very important mm -hmm. in future chapters. Um, Alfred Lord Tennis, anyone? Yes, there will be a war. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a star. There will be I a star. Mean, they're kind of like the Reavers, right? But Yeah. Uh, that's but, a they good, have, that's a... but they have more mind capacity than Reavers, right? I mean, yeah, they're, they're definitely much more of a pirate organ. Well, okay, we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We, that has not we been... Should have, we should have Ring Capacity on as a guest host. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've known Ring Capacity since we were 14 years old, so I All can right. vouch for that. Fair enough. Um, and I'll once again, before we move on, I do want to say uh, Mark Thompson is fantastic. His character voices are distinct. Um, um, his performance is really wonderfully nuanced. Uh, if if you're too lazy to read, um, check out the Audible <laughs> thing. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. But well, or if you're an audio person, fair. right? Like some people are not visual people; they're just audio people, right? It's not laziness. <laughs> well, it is for me. So. I'm, I'm going back and I'm looking through the, one of the things about the, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going back. My, my brain just won't, won't leave it alone. Uh, we still love you. Lightsaber also gives them the ability to change the strengths of the ship's weapons, which made me think the weapons were powered through the kyber crystals. Yeah, that's, I, I do remember that. 
I do remember that. And that was what it was, is that the weapons on the High Republic ships were specifically kyber crystal powered. And so you had to, it, it, it was like um, the using the individual lightsaber was kind of like a, th- a, a Jedi's like thumbprint password to like activate the weapons and, and, and you know, adjust the strength. Kind of like the blasters of being able to suck in the stun. <laughs> like a phaser. Wait, that's a, that's a Star Trek thing. That's the other star thing. Other stars. Other other stars and and other other wars and <laughs> so. Alright. Any uh, is that it? Are we wrapping up? Yes. Until next time? Great. So what are we doing another two weeks to finish the rest of the book? Is that what we're doing? We're doing another two weeks to do part two, which I think will take us through chapter 35, right? Because the book is in three oh. parts. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yes. That's good to know. Yeah, it, we have. So that will be March 6th when we talk about Light of the Jedi part two, chapter 19 through 35. 19 through 35. Okay. But uh, we'll also be talking about what we'll be talking about next week, which is we're going to do another uh, Essential Ahsoka watch list, which is uh, 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 a a six-episode arc across three different seasons. Uh, It's uh, the Onderon arc, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Let's move on, shall we? Uh, so last week we did a kind of free-flowing discussion topic about diversity and representation in uh, Star Wars. This week we wanted to follow that up with uh, female representation in Star Wars and uh, kind of what the, what the state of everything is. You know, I, I know that um, a lot of friends of mine in the geek community, particularly female geeks and uh, who, who love Star Wars, you know, when Princess Leia came out, it was such a big thing. It was like there was no character like her. And and now, now, right, like the Leia icon of the spunky, you know, uh, uh, not what you expense or, or subversion of the princess archetype, right, is so common now. Uh, uh, what do you guys think about kind of Leia as kind of this beginning of female rep- representation in Star Wars? I love how you said you guys. What do you think? Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> I, when you first said that, I was so confused because it was like you were, I was like, you're not old enough to remember when Princess Leia like first came out. Like that's, you're not, are you? What? Wash your face. What are you talking about? <laughs> Because you were like you were saying something like when Princess like it was like you were uh, you remembered when Princess Leia came out and you were like already an adult and how your female geek. Well, I wasn't an adult, but no, I'm talking about in hindsight, right? I mean, 1977. Yeah, yeah. Well, I figured I figured that out. But if anybody was wondering why I had a confused look on my face, that was why. <laughs> it was because I was like, I thought you were talking about your own experience at the time that Star Wars came out and I was so well, it was. I mean, I was, I was like five, but I mean, even amongst my sisters, right? Like there, there were, really? yeah. I was born in 1975. Really? Wait, Star Wars came out in 77. 77. So I was like two or three, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you look fabulous, Sandy. Well, I think, um, I mean, okay. 
So even when I started doing Star Wars Steampunk Universe, which was, um, uh, when was the last time that, when was the last time that Celebration was in Anaheim? Would have been 2019. But no, 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 it was, it uh, wasn't. No, that was C23. Was, <laughs> yeah. It was like 2016, 2017, maybe. That sounds right. I've never been to Celebration, I must say. In fact, oh, really? I, my first celebration was supposed to be 2020. Would have been, right? Uh, 2022, we're, we'll hang out. Me, you, and Alfred Lord Tennyson over there, we'll hang yeah. out. Um, but oh, So when I started doing Star Wars Steampunk Universe, there was such a finite number of characters. We already had, I mean, the whole thing came together because of Celebration and being asked to be on a panel. So I put together like a Steampunk Leia costume, right? But unbeknownst to me, they had done a photo shoot ahead of time, and there was a gal who already had a steampunk slave Leia costume. So then it was like, okay, we were approached at Celebration by somebody at Lucasfilm who said, we want to make this a group like the Mandalorian Mercs, the 501 first, and we want to have you a Lucasfilm whatever. So at that point, it's like, okay, well, this wasn't just for an event. This is going to be an ongoing thing. We're all very charity minded. Let's continue this. But because there was already, she, she already had that outfit. It was like, okay, well, I need to come up with a different character. Um, and the one photo shoot we did, there was already an Amidala. So it was like, okay, well, what other female characters are there that I can be? My costume looked like Leia. Leia Leia's mom is Amidala. The only other female is Sabe, who is Kira Knightley, who was very, very briefly shown as Amidala's bodyguard slash body double. That was the character that I had to be because there was no other female characters. Flash forward and we have Ray and, you know, um, Billy Lord's character. I can't think of what her character's right. name is. We have Jin, um, what's her face? Urso. Urso. Urso from Rogue One. We've got Solo. She got changed. Uh, yeah, there's so many female characters now. So just from like a, even like a costuming perspective and a cosplay perspective, I'm used to cross-playing as Han Solo because there mm. weren't enough female characters. I mean, I love dressing up as a dude, so don't get me I, wrong. I, was say, I just, I just do that because I like it. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Malcolm Reynolds, not anybody. Anyway, but anyway, I digress. You know, there was... You know, you you went from having only these few options and having to kind of scrabble for scraps to um, having just these amazing, strong female characters to choose from. I, I do want to give a little call out. I mean, it's small. It's a small role, but I, I feel like Mon Mothma is an under under uh, mm -hmm. uh, appreciated character, right? The leader of 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 the rebellion established in episode uh, six, right? That's um, true. That's really important, I think. <laughs> and also, I would love to see uh, Julie Andrews play an older, uh, wiser, uh, uh, you know, ex-chancellor Mon Mothma, just because I want to see her get the Disney EGOT. But how do you steampunk that? She's got like, <laughs> hair and a white robe. That's, That's fair. like not even a robe. It's just like a. <laughs> she's wearing a, a white maybe, sack. Yeah. Maybe maybe it becomes like something with like a white cravat. I don't know. 
I'm hoping you, put a, get... you put a steampunk belt on her and they're going to think you're being Princess Leia, you know? I, like I'm hoping that we get more Mon Mothma in the Casting Andor series too. Like we get to see more of her like stakes in everything. Yeah. The actress they got to be her in the updated movies or was it Rogue One? Who what what movie was well, it? Well, she was in she was she filmed scenes for episode 3 and then they brought her back for Rogue One and she's coming back for Cassie. Was that the same actress or was yeah. that a different Oh, it, I was like how did they get somebody who looked just like her? Yeah, cuz she's aging up with uh with what's his name for for uh, Organa. She's aging up with um what's his name? Oh, uh, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Thank you. I'm so glad you guys have the actor names. <laughs> um, I mean, he's very nice to look at. <laughs> Cassidy says steampunk Sabine would rock, and I agree. With that. Um, well, so yeah, so let's talk about like how it is now, right? Like we have, steampunk you know, expanded. We have expanded universe characters like Mara Jade and lots of people who love Doctor Afra. Um, do you guys know Doctor Afra? She's somebody I'm less familiar with. So Dr. Afra appears in a lot of the comics and uh, she appears to be, she's uh, actually, well, okay. She appears to be uh, a mixed race uh, Asian ish uh, uh, person, which is kind of cool. Um, And her character is kind of a rogue Indiana Jones in the star Wars universe. She's like a treasure hunter more or less. Uh, She's like river song, but in star Wars. Yeah, actually, that's a, actually a pretty good analog down to the mixed race uh, uh, analog too. <laughs> it's River uh, but she's very mixed, beloved. Well, I guess she technically is like half time is, Lord. I, I like that this is oh, our uh, Firefly crossover episode. <laughs> <laughs> time Lord, Time Lord absorbent. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, she's just English and Scottish. <laughs> I, I will say it's it's too bad that the rumors about Matt Smith playing a young Palpatine didn't come true because that actually I think would have been a good fit. But <laughs> oh, would have been. Oh yeah. my, I hadn't thought about that in the slightest. But now that you say it, I can't unsee it, and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that. I like that. I like that more than I. I like that a lot. Yeah, more than right. I expected. All right. Uh, so yeah, but we've, we've had a lot of characters, you know, even characters that have only shown up for, you know, one or two episodes in Clone Wars, you know, of course, like, uh, Barris Afi and Lumen and, uh, Master Luminara, uh, of course, Duchess Satine, who, uh, is a very important character in the, the mythos of, uh, of the Mandalorians, um, Asajj Ventress. I will say that we, at the Star Wars steampunk universe, not that we're super active now, but we did have a Ventress Mm -hmm. and an Ahsoka Tano and a Barris Afa. So, mm-hmm. Afi. Afi. Um, I, I also you know, remember, would, like, you know, would be an interesting, uh, a good steampunk. That it would be, it would be Hera Syndulla. Yeah, captain. She's halfway there, right? Yeah, she's. Halfway there. <laughs> she's got goggles. goggles her, like, yeah, I, I would love to see that done. Somebody needs to do that. <gasps> Somebody so, yeah, needs so to have that's... a baby to have a little. Um, uh, what's her name? From the the new movies, um, uh, Mon Mon Matha. Mon what's, what, no, what's her name? The little the little critter with the goggles, the big eyes. With the goggles? Oh, oh, oh Maz Kanata. Maz Kanata. Yeah. Zoe Saldana. Yes. Zoe Saldana. 
Oh wait, that's not Zoe Saldana. They, they made her look like such a grandma, and she's not, uh, not, yeah, not not, it's not Lupita Zoe Nyong'o. Yeah, oh, Lupita Nyong'o. You're right. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, but if I ever have a baby, I'm gonna dress him up like like that. <laughs> like Muscanada celebration. Like but 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 I guess I guess my point being is that they made that they made they made uh, Muscanada look like a little grandma of a character and. Lupita Nyong'o is like the opposite of that. (laughs) You guys, when I was, I I was at the world premiere of The Force Awakens, and when I walked down the red carpet, I was right next to Lupita Nyong'o, and can I just tell you that she's so gorgeous. Oh my God. God. Like ridiculous gorgeous. And then I was walking next to uh, to Gwen, uh, uh, what's her name from Game of Thrones, who's um, all silver. Uh, I'm a little... Yes, Phasma. I'm a little buzzed right now. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and 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 then and her and Gina, like Gina Davis, tapped her on the shoulder, right, like literally a foot away from me to my left, and they were like, "Tall girl, fellow tall girl," and they hugged and embraced, and I have pictures <laughs> of it. It's on my Facebook page. That's but I great. was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." <laughs> and I don't normally get super starstruck, but I was just like, "They're all so pretty." All so pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was um, like when uh, um, I was working some catering event right out of college and uh, Joe Manganiello bent about two feet down because that's how far he had to go to talk to me and <laughs> asked, me, asked me where the chocolates were for Sofia Vergara. And I was like, we just refilled that dessert bar like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> like literally he had to... <laughs> oh. And uh, I, I I don't get starstruck very often, but I was just like, you guys, the desserts are right over there. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Usually, I, only I Star I, Trek characters—they're the only ones I'm ever like. <laughs> I, well, I see. I, I feel like there are a lot of people in Hollywood who are good looking, but the 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 like good cinematography and the the makeup and the wardrobe and everybody does a great job and adds the glow right <laughs> and then there's some people who they like don't need the, the any of the crew or anything they just fucking glow <laughs> and, um that's like sophia and joe they glow oh um, god oh well, man okay. Man-Gin- so- yeah yeah they're just very pretty people anyway magic like, I, like, I, I worked i worked in catering for years i've like like red carpet big events <laughs> and like i've grown up in los angeles i'm like i don't get starstruck and like i didn't even get starstruck but i they just like walked away and i was like holy shit they're pretty <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so, 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 so we'll come back. We'll come back to to pretty Hollywood people. But before, but before we let's let's go back to. Uh, so you called out Harrison Dula, uh, right? We had a number of great female characters from Rebels, uh, along with her, of course, seventh sister, which was uh, voiced by uh, you know uh, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, we had uh, Governor Arinda Price, who was a great villain. And um, um, uh, oh, uh, I was today years old when I found out that was Sarah Michelle Gellar. Moving on, really, okay. me too. Yeah. Well, because Which her makes husband, sense her husband, exactly, making yes. carpool. Okay. Um, and then of course, and then of course, we have the return of Bo-Katan and the return of uh, return of Ahsoka Tano. Wait, in Rebels? You mean at the very, the very last episode? Well, Ahsoka's like. 
she appears in every season at least once. I've only seen the last episode because I was there. I went, to the, I went to the Disney thing for it. No, you haven't watched the Rebels yet? Oh, my gosh. Okay, we got to get the Rebels. Dude, Rebels yeah. is very good. Yeah, Rebels is really good. And there's, like, there's also a really important Ahsoka story. Okay, we're going to get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that <laughs> as we continue our Ahsoka rewatch. But um, I did see the Ahsoka come back with the robe in the finale of Rebels. We'll, 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 we'll get we'll get. There. <laughs> There's so much to do before we get there. Oh, I'll get there, Josh. I'll get there. Okay. Um, okay, let's get to... Uh, uh, okay, first we've got all these characters from the sequel trilogy. We have Ray, we have Rose, we have General Leia, we have Admiral Holdo. Of course, we talked a little bit about Maz Kanata, Fa uh, Captain Phasma, and Janna, who was uh, re uh, introduced. Oh, in we had nine. a steampunk Phasma, yeah. too. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. She was. She was super tall. She was the slave Leia's uh, younger sister. Gwendolyn Christie. <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, there you go. You. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> I, I do wish uh, uh, Captain Phasma would sh would show up in um, um, the parks still because uh, they, they they for a little while they were doing these uh, stormtrooper marches through Tomorrowland uh, mm -hmm. with Gwendolyn Christie's voice kind of commanding them uh it was always kind of a cool thing to just watch a grip of stormtroopers marching through. One of, she's one of those rare women that just has like daddy vibes <laughs> can i just tell you how insanely gorgeous she is they uglied her up for game of thrones but that woman is beautiful the, the, you know, you say that they uglied her up, and I'm like, it didn't work. <laughs> I know, I know. You can only ugly up beautiful so much, but she's like, I mean, you put a little mascara on that woman, and oh, I mean, I would, I'd bet for that team. Yeah, she reminds me I'm biased. I'm almost out of alcohol, you guys. This is. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, before you run out of alcohol, let's look at our current slate of all these characters that have <laughs> come to the forefront in The Mandalorian. Of course, Cara Dune, Ahsoka again, uh, Fennec Shand, Bo-Katan again, and Koska Reeves. I'm really hoping that the absence of one Cara Dune means more Fennec Shand in the long run. I, I'm really That's hoping that uh, the absence of... Go ahead. Or maybe not even absence of, but I, I, I just I hope that uh, I hope I, I don't know. I hope we get more Fennec Shand. I, there I, will I be a void that Fennec Shand could help fill. Well, I think and, and I Fennec think Shand is definitely going to be there with Boba Fett in the Boba Fett series, but um, I, I, I'm totally expecting there to be a a, a new either you know shock trooper type or character that will fill that void um um what are you pointing at tracy ring capacity is asking do we know if they're going to recast she who must not be named i will say there have been rumors about her being recast but don't read anything from comic book resources.com <laughs> yeah. that website is bullshit and if i even see it come from that website from cbr.com i won't even read it I also just... also i'm gonna call out we got that cover got this covered don't even click yes i'm so tired of them yes <laughs> now cbr is different than comicbook.com i will that's different but there's been you know i know that there's been a big fan push for like lucy lawless or somebody yeah. which i would be totally oh, down yeah. for lucy i'm lawless. always down for more 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 lucy lawless 
Oh, that would be amazing. I mean, shoot, man. There's so many people from the BSG world who would probably love to hang out with Katie Sackhoff some more. <laughs> I'd bat for that team for her, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that said, you know, there's also plenty of rumors around uh, possible casting of Sabine Wren. There's some new rumors going around, I know, about casting of uh, Ezra. Uh there's still rumors. What have we heard right? about? What have we? What have we? What are, what are the? What have the rumors been about Ezra? Because like, well, I, just... I, I okay. <gasps> I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm cautious about. I'm cautious. That's a thing. I, I I'm cautious about. I don't want to perpetuate crappy rumors, right? But uh, I would support it if it did happen. Yes. So so the the rumor that's out there is that uh, that possibly Mina Mas- the cast of Aladdin live action is being cast as, uh, as Sabine and uh, Ezra, respectively, which I would be in support of. If Mena Masood, if Mena Masood was, was Ezra, I, I, I would be incredibly content with that. I would love that. I didn't hear about the Sabine thing. I only heard about the It's it's Ezra it's another thing. rumor. It's it's all floating out there. He should definitely play Ezra because he would nail the shit out of that. I mean, considering, you know, Basically, you know, Ezra is basically street rat in space. Anyways, I mean, the character design and the setup in in season one for Ezra was. <laughs> I, I remember reading an interview with Mena Masood, and he's like, "Yeah, everybody wants a Disney role or a Disney fairy tale role because they think that you know casting directors will be knocking down their doors." And he's like, "Yeah, uh, it, yeah. maybe if you're white, but to be honest, as somebody Middle Eastern, he he goes the uh, I think one of the only things he had since then was someone who didn't know who he was, and he was actually very happy." About <laughs> <laughs> we need to have an episode about that. We can talk which? about it. About like, uh, I, well, uh, expand on the diversity maybe yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's certainly plenty that. of I like. Would, I would like, love to go over that. Uh, the the tradition, unfortunate tradition of uh, frequently, um, yeah, which is part of the reason why I my brain said Zoe Saldana because she's another woman of color who is cast as aliens that she gets CG'd over. Just mm-hmm. like Lupita Nyong'o, who was cast as an alien and then got CG'd over, and so like that's also, a, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a, a, a yeah, I mean that that that's a whole topic of um, <laughs> they almost uh, did that to Chris uh, Parga and they did not, but, they didn't get that to Carla, uh, they almost did. Uh, but, it's, a uh, but it's called black body dysmorphia in animation and science fiction. Um, yeah. The 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 trend towards basically taking black actors and turning them into animals and aliens. Um, question for you guys: uh, So when this is uh, when Ray was set to be the main character of the new trilogy, how did that make you guys feel as women? I, I mean, it made me feel great. I, you know, I thought I, we talked, I think we talked about a little bit about this last week that I had higher, higher hopes for the Finn character. Right. And I felt mm-hmm. that him and Poe's uh, roles maybe should have been flipped a little bit. But I think that as far as Ray goes, um, she stayed pretty consistent throughout um as far as her 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 level of character importance 
Um, whereas I feel like they they just wasted Finn as yeah. a character. Um, I think I think that I was hoping in the end that she would be a little bit more like Jin from Rogue One. Um, yeah. I didn't. What I, I mean, I agree, but in what sense did you mean that? Just in like her, I think her inner strength and her inner fortitude. I think that she was so influenced by other that Ray was so influenced by other people who were male influences. I think that she was kind of being ping ponged back and forth between, you know, between Han and Luke and Kylo Ren and the even the Emperor in the last. Uh, in episode nine, I think that she really, her character really struggled between finding herself and being that ping pong between all these male characters. I'm sorry, Lexi, I can't hear you. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, 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 I agree with you. I think it took away her agency. Yeah. Whereas Jin was like her own person the whole way through and no Your man was going to tell her what she did. Huh? Seriously, I, I love yeah. Jen so much. Yeah. And I think even 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 having the romance with Kylo Ren in the end, while it didn't bother me as much as it did a lot of other people, I felt that it was um a little what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like like a like stereotypical um Yeah, it was I I yeah. We don't I, need I, that. I thought, I thought it, yeah, I thought it was, uh, it, it, it almost, yeah, it just kind of pandered, pandered to the very uh, unadventurous version of the hero's journey where they find love, uh, you know. It was um, just that, that stereotypical, like, go for the bad boy bullshit. Whereas, like, she had this great which guy. Is boring. Huh? Which is Ooh, which bringing it back to what, what Andy had been saying earlier, which, like, how did it make you feel as women? Is that I, I was very excited, like, yes, we have a female Jedi. We have a principal female Jedi. Then her agency kind of gets slowly stripped away by all of her drive and intentions being, you know, ricocheted around between these men. And then ultimately you know, they did this romance that while it didn't ruin anything, it didn't add. It fell I, back you know, on this old standard. Yeah, it felt like it fell back on an old standard, which didn't work when the entire premise supposedly was abandon the old ways when you're just, when they no longer work for you. You know, like that Andy, was a big thing. Andy, Andy, you're Andy, muted. You're, <laughs> which is fine we're uh, talking about women we don't so, need you <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so here, here's a you have no idea for the last 10 minutes i've been can i say something can i say something <laughs> and i forgot i was muted <laughs> uh, no you know something that like i feel like there were two very good ideas in terms of directions for those core characters right in the force awaken Particularly now that we know like what the I, concept of a forced dyad was, 
there was the potential for this idea of Finn and Ray to basically be a force dyad that both accelerated each other's force powers, right? Uh, that whole idea of a symbiotic relationship in the force. That was a cool idea, particularly yeah. with a female Jedi and an African-American male Jedi. Um, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and also the allegorical implications historically as, you know, the African-American uh, empowerment movement and the uh, women's movement have been kind of come up together or one, you know, advances forward and the, the other uh, uh, kind of piggybacks. And, and that was an interesting uh, uh, thing to me. Then there was another possible direction, right? Uh, in, in episode eight of this idea of just letting uh, 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 Ray come from nowhere and be, you know, an inheritor to legacy in her own way. Um, and neither <laughs> of those. As opposed to the snap. Yeah. Scene. And, 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 and neither of those ideas. Oh, no, no. The, the, the snap scene. That, that is it, right? Of her, of her, whoever her parents were, whatever, wherever she came from, didn't matter because what matters is who she is now and who she decides to make herself. That was a, a really powerful thematic character direction in my, in my opinion. Uh, and it whiffed. It whiffed in episode nine because they chose neither of those, right? <laughs> well, and even Ring Capacity is saying it wasn't romance per se. They had a deep connection that brought balance to the force, and it wasn't romance so much as balancing each other out and becoming two parts of a whole, which was where they were going until episode nine when they made when she kissed him, right, or whatever. And well, and while I while I agree with that, I still don't like that you took of the first female main character, first main force sensitive and made her need a male half to make her Fair whole. Enough. Thank fuck that. you. Fuck that. Does not yeah. need to be romance for it to be fucked. Yeah. Hmm. And is it weird if I like get nitpicky and say that Finn's not African-American? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's just a melanated spaceman. <laughs> but Not, uh, you know what i mean this is I anyways, we should we should probably wrap this up i have one last question right so we've talked about where we've gone from leia being kind of bechtel sandwiched <laughs> by person Luke, of Luke color Kim. thank you paul thank you uh uh and then we we've gone to well, though, mel melanated is appropriate, but I didn't want to say just. <laughs> uh, so, so we've gone from from the one being the one to being one of multitudes. And um, what is your kind of feeling on 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 that difference of going from? I thought I thought it was the biggest missed opportunity, which kind of ties into whole. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm talking about brought in the broader Star Wars universe, right? I mean, this yeah, is the thing, yes, right? Yes, 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 exactly. So, so that's that's exactly what I was saying. Where where I thought that at least in the last the last movie, where uh, you know how they kind of leaned into Ray's Palpatine heritage, and that kind of tossed away the the starting that they that the the thing that that they had of the little boy who might've been force sensitive and Canto bite. And then all these other things where you had the larger implications for force sensitive uh, uh, children out in the universe and that anybody could have this legacy. <gasps> oh, the kid, the, the, like the, 
the barn kid yeah. that was they such a misopportunity. Yeah. yeah and so then so that was a beautiful seed for the fact that like you don't have to have a certain blood or a certain lineage yeah. to be strong with the force you know it was a very ratatouille of the force kind of thing where it's like not everybody can be a great chef but a great chef can come from anywhere yes ah, i love that great jedi, but a great jedi can come from anywhere kind of, you well know. well and that said right i mean here's here's the great thing right is that we've just gone through this list of all of these great either protagonist characters or uh side characters sub characters villains um and that's the kind of the great thing is that it takes the pressure off of any one character having to be everything for everyone right and mm -hmm. uh, i think that's a great place to be right now where we where we can let fennec shand be a rogue and we can have um bo-katan be the heiress to the, uh, the 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 Mandalorian people, and we can have Ahsoka be a grizzled warrior, and no one is carrying the whole weight of uh, yeah. of representation. And wait, uh, wait, what was your what was your original question? Well, that was it. It was it's the difference between being the one versus being one of multitudes, right? Oh. And, and uh, where where I hope, if they reintroduce one Grand Admiral Thrawn, that they can get away from just portraying him as a villain and maybe making him an anti-hero oh yeah. he's coming he's definitely coming yeah I, I want i want them to i want them to make him an anti-hero because <gasps> I, I don't yeah think what do you think about otherwise what do you think about rupert everett as grand admiral thrawn uh i'd love it but i, I still kind of i keep I, I losing want, my earbuds i want i want lars mickelson back because he's done it already oh uh, you know so All right. I'm, I'm crossing that. my fingers for that. Uh, really quickly, let's go give thanks to Ch uh, Chaz N2 Fleek. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson, anyone? Uh, Virus JTG and Lila 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 Austin Lay. Little Austin Lee. Well, Little Austin Lee. Thank you for your follows. Austin. Also, thank you to uh, Rodamaron and Pa Junior seventy seven for the subs. Uh, and yeah, let's. We it's about time we wrap up because we've gone for a long time, guys. <laughs> oh, good, because I have to pee. Uh, do you have any other comments <laughs> oh, on your interest? Are you still closing now? <laughs> the closing of every episode is that I have to pee. <laughs> we need, yeah, this is our new Guarantee formula. By the end of the episode, I have to pee. Our, our new formula, since we don't have uh, Benja losing connection, is uh, Tracy has to pee. That's the that's a new formula. I have so. a very small bladder. <laughs> I also have to pee. Uh, I drank a lot of coffee this morning. Uh, so coming soon are our, our, uh, promotions for the coming weeks. So, of course, next week we are going to continue our essential Ahsoka watch list. We're looking for six episodes this time, which is uh, two more than last time. But I think it's going to pay off. Uh, we're going to watch the Onderon arc. And so this is episode uh, episode 310, Heroes on Both Sides, this is the first time Ahsoka dual wields. Episode 414, A Friend in Need. And episodes 502 through 505, A War on Two Fronts. Um, so this That's a is. That's uh, Andy. It's Wait, six episodes. Now, for how many oh. times I'm going to accidentally say Alderaan. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great arc. And it's uh, it's really the, the, the theme of this, right? Is watching kind of Ahsoka realize the 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 real cost of war um what it does to what it does to people what it does to families um you know how people uh uh kind of deal with the loss of it all 
And um, uh, I think it's a really consequential uh, uh, story arc, and I hope you all enjoy it. So we'll go ahead and uh, put that in all of our social medias in case you forget. But once again, it's 310, 414, and 502 through 505. We'll talk about that next week. Once again, we'll talk about the High Republic. We'll continue our book club in two weeks. On March 6th, we'll cover chapters 19 through 35. That's part two of Light of the Jedi uh, by Charles Soule. Um, we have and- one more follower, by the way, Off- Officer. Uh, who, call it out. Who's it? Officer, but with a with a Y instead of an E. Officer. Cool. Welcome aboard. And uh, of course, we want to see your Star Wars creations. Uh, do you cosplay? Do you make fan films? Do you build droids? Build models? Uh, sell stuff on Etsy? Show us your Star Wars stuff. We want to see how Star Wars has inspired you, and uh, we just might feature you on the show if you do. Uh, so thank you for joining us tonight. We're here on the Geekish Network every Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Check the schedule for all the other great shows throughout the week right here on this channel. Please follow us here on Twitch. And if you love what we are doing, please consider uh, subscribing to the channel. If you have Amazon Prime, you can link your account and sub, uh, sub to us using Prime Gaming. And it costs you nothing, but it helps us out. Uh, also, please follow us on our network socials, uh, show, uh, sh- our network socials as, as well as, uh, sorry, the Geekish Network socials, social medias, as well as the Pod Squadron show social media and all of our personal stuff, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, but you can find all the Geekish Network stuff on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, you can also subs- uh, do subscriptions on YouTube um, tomorrow. So we're going to talk about other stuff happening on Geekish Network. Uh, tomorrow's Sunday is we have the Nerdtastic team coming in. They are continuing their deep dive into the Power Rangers universe. If there are any <laughs> Power Rangers fans out there, they'll also <laughs> have special guest Yoshi Sudarso, uh, who played the Power Ranger in Power Rangers Beast Morphers. Sorry, what? Was that Lexi? Yoshi is just such a sweetheart. I had the pleasure of being art department on a film he was in, and like he's one of those actors that treats the crew people like they're real fucking people. <laughs> right. There's a there's a few uh, Power Rangers that are friends of. Maybe at some point I can tell a story about how this, the Power Rangers saved me from a very awkward situation with a guy in a bar. Uh, someday. But next time, because I really have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, so next month, okay, so because you're to pee, we're going to go through this really quick. Uh, Monday, I will be on Pan Geekery uh, with our special guest, uh, Mia M- Mila Josephine. Uh, we'll also talk about Studio Ghibli's new CGI movie, Earwig and the Witch. Um, the season finale of Pots and Pan Geekery will be on Tuesday. Bingeworthy will be talking about season three of Star Trek Discovery on Wednesday. And Monday through Friday, there's Geek Beast, which will bring you daily nerd news roundups uh, about seven o'clock um much love for our creative arm of the geekish network digital click and when it comes to all things visual you see on the geekish network that is their handiwork they specialize in digital marketing design and social media advertising if you or someone you know needs help in that space get at them at digitalclick.com uh thank you mike for helping us produce and once again uh, I am the Chinese pirate. You can find me at, at Chinese pirate underscore on all platforms. Tracy. Oh, um, I'm, I'm Tracy. Uh, I'm hot, <laughs> the hot nerd. My microphone fell. I don't know what's happening. The whole world's falling apart. I'm hot nerd girl. And you can find me at Facebook at hot nerd girl and Instagram at hot nerd girl official and Twitter at hot underscore nerd underscore girl. And Lexi. I'm going to be making myself easy to find next month. <laughs> 
that's coming. Until then, we're can, we're until can then progress. consider me consider me your friendly Star Wars verse fulcrum. Uh. <laughs> uh, please check out our content on PodSquadron.com. You can also like and subscribe us on Twitch and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram for podcast subscriptions. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And remember, the truths we cling to depend on our own point of view. Only the Sith deal in absolutes. Thank you and good night. And uh, are we are we rating anybody actually? Oh, producers. Oh, I don't know. This has a higher alcohol content. Just FYI. (laughs) (laughs) I. Okay, they're gonna find someone, but we're gonna sign off. So thank you very much. We'll see you next week, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about Ahsoka. Yay! May the force be with you.